I don't enjoy the game as much as I used to. Pardon? Pardon, yeah, I don't enjoy it. It just seems to be a lot easier. And goals mean less than they did. And for me, if you scored a goal in all Ireland final in the 80s and 90s, that was generally the winning of the game. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome along. I'm Alan Quinlan and you're listening to episode 66 of the Red 78 here on the Rugby Channel. And with me, as always, is my partner in crime, Neve Brings. How are you, Neve? Good, Quinny. How are thou? Oh, grand, yeah. Happy, uh, belated happy Easter. Did you eat any Easter eggs or anything? No? Not yet. No, didn't get a chance. Um, busy weekend. Um, but um, yeah, look, hopefully... Uh, we got one in our hotel rooms last night when we came in, so that's there. If you, for, if you for beat Italy, you could celebrate later yeah. in the week. Um, yeah. And Spurs had a poxy old win against Brighton as well. But anyway, you were happy. Lots of controversial <laughs> decisions in that. So t- just tell me before we go on and talk about Munster, we, we'll, we'll have a chat about um, your rugby life at the minute. So the weekend, you got to walk over at UL Bowes, you're into the final uh yeah, surfing uh, railway in the AIL Cup final on April twenty third. So um, it's been quite a long season, I think. And um, we, yeah, we 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 we're just got to keep pushing for the last couple of weeks. I think um, we played railway last weekend, got a bit of a thumping off them. So nothing like a a good defeat to bring you back down to earth in terms of where we were going. But we've had a really good cup run since before that. So um, we're excited for that. A final, you never know what can happen on the day. Um, That's one to look forward yeah, to. So and then obviously, you're, you're yeah, in camp. and then straight into camp then. Yeah, on Sunday, uh, we're obviously preparing for Italy this weekend. We fly out to Parma tomorrow evening. So we've, um, yeah, it's been it's been a weird one because we had a week's break uh, between the French defeat and, and this, this camp. And so you didn't meet so up at all last all week, week in a mini camp, no? No, we didn't. We gave I'd players like to see a week off. I think it's important. Size. Yeah, yeah, I think... For for now and for this group, I think that was very important. We also have players that are um you know working full time and um it gives them an opportunity to get back to work and stuff like that. So um we've yeah, so it's been it's been a bit of a weird one because you spend the whole week reviewing uh, France and that, that performance and so much of it that um that we can get better on quite quickly and then you're pre- previewing Italy as well. So we've had a really good couple of days I feel like we said that against France as well there was definitely moments of performance in France that were way better than than Wales but I think defensively it's got to be a big there's a big onus on us this weekend um, we left a lot of tackle slide a lot um, crazy amount against France and uh, we just can't do that so it's been a big focus point for us this weekend um, but there's a good energy in the group and um, I think the the mental break probably did us did us good in terms of that ability to to not just be in the bubble for so long. I think that's been uh, really really important. So um, yeah, I think all systems go to this weekend. So Italy lost their first game twenty two twelve in Italy to France, uh, which is only ten points in that game. Uh, in round two, they were beaten sixty eight five by Italy. So. Um, by England kind of, yeah. or by England sorry by England uh, it's hard to kind of read too much into results although they went close enough with France in the first one would that indicate that yeah. they're they're strong oh, they are strong so they've not lost a huge amount um, they're obviously at the World Cup as well so not a huge amount of players they've definitely got um, cohesion it's probably what we're probably lacking a small bit and an understanding of how to play international test rugby Um 
that's probably been the biggest thing for us. You know, we look across the back line itself and against France, you know, you take out um, one player, I think, and everybody else under the age 22, 21. So it's just um, frightening. Um, but they're learning on the international stage, which is difficult for them. Um, but also we've got to get better quickly and we've got to demand it and standards and expectations and um and they're getting there, I think. They're starting to understand what it is to to train like an international player to be on all the time. I think that's really important. Um so yeah, look, I think Italy are good. They like to move the ball very similar to like um Bennett on Treviso. They like to you know, they they rarely kick it. They like to run from everywhere, but they're incredibly good at at that and um they're quick. And they like to offload a lot, so we've got to be really good defensively, um, and that's probably where we probably lacked a little bit of bite last weekend or the last game against France. Um, so we've worked a lot of that um, over the last couple of days. Is that a collective thing or is it an individual thing? Both, I think. I think it's a collective thing in terms of trust and communication and understanding about you know the messages that you're getting from the inside or the outside are fact. Um, and then individually, you know, you just can't miss. 40 odd tackles in a game in a club game let alone an international game so that's a really big work on for us and um, we've done a lot of work in terms of the collective in terms of understanding in terms of being together so that you know if we condense it in force them wide then we're giving ourselves options we just can't get broken through the middle like we did against France at times and they'll live off that because they're quick and they're good so um yeah, I think it's very difficult, you know. We talk about like we've talked about Munster's defence in a bit, but very easy to get overawed by all the work that you feel like you have to do, especially coaching aspect. But I think if you could break it down into solitary little things. So we had three work-ons for Wales from Wales. That we did, I thought we did really well against France. And now we've got three new ones for this weekend. So I just think we can break into small parts like that and remain patient about, look, we know exactly where we are. Like, let's not, like we're very realistic in terms of what we're trying to do. But we can actually 100% win this game this weekend. And I think we've got to go with that mindset. Okay. Um, just finally, give, give us an idea what what it's like uh, to come into camp yesterday and what you did. Did you come together, have video session? Did you train? Did you just have meal and uh, have a team meeting? What, yeah, what's it so, like to be um, we, we, a, we an met... international rugby player for, for the Ireland women's team? It's, it's pretty full on, to be fair. I think they came in Monday morning. They um, We had a... Uh, a brief kind of um, hello how are you um, we've got a fines committee so there was somebody had to Sunday morning meal. was it uh, or it's Monday so we came in Sunday evening and um, we we met here Monday morning and then you're looking at like meetings lots of reviewing so we we had a unit's bit of reviews and then we had a team review and a lot of work on our defence. Then we went outside or into the indoor pitch for sprints because it was absolutely lashing. And uh, we, did a, um, we did a lot of work on our connections and our team. We did skills wheel in relation to our tackle tech um, and um, playing on top and tackling on top, which is really important for us. Um, and then I reviewed that afterwards. Um, then the girls have recovery and stuff like that. Then today is a, a re, today is the busiest day. So, really, they're in right early. We do a a, a unit split. Dennis is our uh, Dennis Fogarty is our scrum coach, and he's like a picker upper. So on Tuesdays they do some sort of quiz in the morning, like for ten minutes, like an icebreaker, where they get all giddy and get quick back, and then we split straight into units, unit meeting, and review and preview what we're trying to do, and then. 
out straight onto the pitch. So forwards will go to the gym, backs will go on the pitch. We have big units for 45, 50 minutes. We flip over and then backs will go to the gym, forwards will go onto the pitch. Then they come up, they have, um, they're having their lunch now and then they'll re- meet together again as a team in relation to just to go over our principles in relation to our defence, what we're looking to do. And then this afternoon, then our pitch session will be defence heavy. Um, nice. And then, um, yeah, so it's busy. It's busy. Tonight then, same hour. It's a lot of meetings, a lot of, excuse me, I remember when I was playing, it used to be meetings, pitches, and it was like really, really intense all the time. Now it's the case that when they get back to the hotel, they can totally switch off time. So after dinner, it's their players' time. So they either do a movie night or a quiz or something like that. But it's players' time only. Um, you travel, because you it, travel when? Separate. When do you travel for the Saturday game? So the tomorrow game is evening. 4, 4.45 on Saturday. Yeah, tomorrow evening we go. So we train tomorrow morning, which is our performance day and our high-intensity session. And then we'll travel out tomorrow evening. Uh, fly, yeah, to fly tomorrow evening, get in, and then they're off, they're off Thursday, and then right. they'll captains run Friday morning, off Friday afternoon, evening, and then into the game Saturday. The week flies, like it flies, it does, yeah. Well, listen, the very best of luck. Hopefully, you can get a positive result and um, uh, improve what you're trying to say you need to improve and, and get better. Yeah. Still, still a very young player, a young. Uh, group of players so um, the very best of luck with that okay we'll move on with Munster we've no game to um, obviously the main bulk of the podcast has to be on Munster so uh, but people are pretty conscious about what you're doing and what the Irish ladies are doing as well and we wish you well Um, Munster no game to review at the weekend we went through the Sharks game last week Um, lots of issues and worries around that performance, but not just that performance, probably the Glasgow one before and the Scarlets one before from a defensive point of view. Um, Munster travelled to Munster travelled to South Africa yesterday, so they should be there up and running today, whether they'll train or not. No, I'm not sure. They might go for a little run out, but they play the Stormers on Saturday and then they're away. To, they play the Sharks the following Saturday, both games in South Africa. Um I put a tweet out yesterday asking what do Munster fans expect? What do they think Munster need to do? And uh, you can read out some of the reactions there. Excuse me. Yeah. So we're just looking at the, the two games, obviously, in, in, in your tweet. And Dave Carney said, heading over for the two games. So glad we're taking a strong squad. Really looking forward to it. Um, Granny Bab said the rosary beads will be out. Get your mom out there with the holy water. Did your mum used to have the holy water? She did, yeah. She still has it and um, she, she's going as well. So maybe the holy water <laughs> might work this time in South Africa. Oh, fair play there. Uh, Richard Daly, one out of two should be within our reach as a bare minimum, but it's going to be a huge ask for sure. Carmel O'Connor, um, sort out our defence and we definitely have a chance. John Tuig. The team looked exhausted during their last match. Hopefully the week break will have recharged the batteries. In my humble opinion, these games are coming too soon in terms of development. Um, if we are to get any points, it will be against the Sharks. Our front row is a serious concern. Um, Michael Desmond, I hope so, but it's a huge challenge. Start of the year, really coming back to haunt us. Haven't started well after the Six Nations either though. Um, Joe said yes we can but a massive challenge need a bit of luck too any injuries in key positions picked up in the first game versus Stormers will make the game versus Sharks even more difficult Cape Town should be cooler than Durban too both evening games which should help 
Um, all in all, the problem is defence. They're scoring plenty of tries. You should be aiming to get two uh, try bonus points. After that, try limit damage defensively and get a losing bonus point or even a win. Two bonus might, points might just be enough. Do you, what do you think they're in relation to? <clears throat> so we obviously know it's going to be their, the, the spotlights on their defence. Um, do you think that it's going to be get to a stage where it's a case of okay look we're, we're still scoring loads of tries so let's back the attack and let's really focus in on the defence over the next couple of weeks well if they defend better um, they have a good chance of winning one or if not two of the games it's obviously going to be um, difficult uh, very physical sides they're going to be playing against um, if they play like they played against the Sharks uh, in that second half there's a couple of the tries that are very difficult to stop. The mall tries, um, that power that the Sharks had. But if you're if you're turning the ball over and giving away penalties and giving them an opportunity to get entries into your twenty-two, when it's it's um it's going to be really hard. So I think their analysis of the game um and the performance and probably looking back over the last number number of weeks hopefully will make them better. I believe they can score tries. I think they've uh, you know the stats and the the URC stats are really interesting because um, most passes in the league um, are who, do you think? Munster. Munster. So what kind of issues had they last year? Not passing the ball, not being yeah. evasive, not trying to get wits. So after 16 games, Munster have the most passes in the league. It's not winning your matches, but it shows the change. Um, most carries in the league, Munster. Um most we obviously have, we're obviously dealing with huge. Then I, I I'd ask you, we're obviously dealing with huge amounts of possession and territory. Yeah, well, all the if stats the as case, I've, said, I've how, given you all season are have been very high. They're, yeah, but how how then are we leaking so much tries with 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 starving teams' possession? Like you'd imagine if we can continue to starve teams' possession and get our defensive okay. stuff So you, right. you, you know, like, I think for any of the listeners, I think for, for, for me, my mentality around um, the fundamentals that you need as a rugby team are set piece, defence, breakdown. They're the kind of things that if you're not good at, there's no point in being brilliant and at, at attacking stuff. If you, you need to those fundamentals better. So there's still a little bit of work in progress. There's some mitigation around them, uh, physicality, all that kind of stuff helps usually. Quality of player, uh, power, uh, that helps usually. Um, Munster have the most offloads in the league as well, 171. So that's not winning a matches. Most carries, most meters, uh, sorry, most carries, most passes and most offloads. Um, and they're still finding themselves in a position of potentially their season being over Saturday week and not being in the playoffs or 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 not not being in Europe. Um I think the 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 issues they've had recently are defensively and we talk a little bit about more about that. And that's the concern. Can can I think that's the enthusiasm that, that's been created as regards the the attack and the speed of movement and all that kind of stuff has been really good. Um, but defensively, just recently, they've been exposed. So they've got a. Sometimes that is a mental thing as well, Neve. You know yourself. It's yeah, an, it's, it's an attitude thing, yeah. but it's also an organizational thing. So players shooting out of the line on their own. Uh, you either yeah. you have to get man and ball. If you don't, you're leaving a gap and space. Um, yeah, they've they've got to be really really careful because the sh- the, the Stormers' attack has been superb. They showed it last year and winning the URC. 
So I think they've got to be very mindful of that. I think it's something they would have addressed and looked at and hopefully they can get it right. There's no guarantees because sometimes under pressure players make poor decisions. But the monster group that go out on Saturday against the Stormers has got to make good decisions defensively or else they're going to be punished. You have some more tweets. Carry on, sure, and we'll go to... Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Jerry Maloney says he thinks that they'll struggle. South African teams out of Europe and at home at some play for Frailties of this team and years bad management have been highlighted for a week across the front row. Leadership outside of Peter O'Mahony not there. Ben Healy, our best option at 10 at the moment, but won't start. Interesting. I know we before I was going to these, I know that South African teams are at home, but they've also had to travel back from from Europe this week, which takes its toll. Uh, Stephen Davies' squad have looked mentally and physically fatigued during the last two games. Hopefully the past two weeks, sorry, hopefully the past week's rest will have freshened the minds and bodies. It's only two months ago they gave Toulouse a run for their money in Toulouse. Keep the faith. Okay, just on that point, uh, Christopher Mur- Murphy. Just on that point. Yeah. That is something that, you know, if I was a player or you were a coach or a player in that group at the moment, you've got to circle the wagons and say, right, what's happened in the last couple of weeks has been poor. Let's look back at what we did against Toulouse, what we did away in Edinburgh, what we did away in Ulster, um, what we did against South Africa and Cork. Um, When we were still even you know, underpowered a little bit uh, as opposed to the some of the physicality against yeah. the opposition. And how can we how can we harness that and get it as to, to make us tighter? Um and they've literally got to say, well, our season is over Saturday week. So if that doesn't ignite him a little bit to to find some energy, um and then the week off, yeah, for sure. For the Stormers and for the Sharks travelling at the weekend, well, um, it depends. It depends what their mentality and attitudes are like. But the problem we have is Stormers are on 61 points in second, Ulster are on 59 points in third. The Stormers are not guaranteed a top two, um, which would give them home home semis. Um, you then have a, a home quarter and home semi. Um They've, they're still fighting for that. So if they beat Munster, because yeah. I think Ulster will win the last two games. Ulster play Dragons at home and they play Edinburgh at home. So they have two home games, finishing with two home games. So I think Stormers realise in an ideal situation, Stormers would have been qualified or else both of them would have won in Europe, Stormers and Sharks. So the Sharks are in eighth on yeah. 41 points. So they need to win their two games as well. So there's no excuses here and I think that'll probably sharpen the minds a little bit as regards what monster are going to come up against themselves, but the rest hopefully will have helped and the ability to analyze and practice and train. Carry on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Last one from Christopher Murphy. Sharks and Stormers now have only the URC to play for. Not good for Munster. Stormers are going to go guns blazing, trying to hold on to their table position and Sharks need to do as well to climb the table and secure a playoff spot. If the defence isn't shored up, no chance. See, here's the thing, right? I'm going to flip this around just to play a little bit devil's advocate. If Sharks and the Stormers have to go and have to win, well, so do Munster. So, like, therefore, you know, I don't really buy for a second if that, oh, well, they're trying to cement their space and, you know, they're out of Europe. But so are Munster. So, like, that should, like, if you're looking at, at this as a whole, then yeah, I think I, I, absolutely. I know. I think that's the a leveler, point, like for both teams. I think the point that um, um, 
I don't know if it's a good thing. If if Stormers and the Sharks won at the weekend at the Champions Cup semi-finals, you kind of they'd have to balance their squads a little bit and look at which you know how can we manage our side for both competitions. They're out now, so they have to go for the URC. Um, if the Stormers are already qualified and in a position of Leinster and the guaranteed top two, would they put out a weakened team? Maybe. But I think from Munster point of view, the only thing they can control is themselves. And that is their attitude and, and the psychology they bring. And uh, maybe it's a better thing that they know they're going to be coming up against a side that's... that's that. It, no team goes out in sport to kind of lose and go, ah, well, we're going to be a bit off it today. But sometimes mentally, if you don't have to win, if it's not do or die, it may tell, particularly when you get fatigued. But they're going to be playing two sides now that need to win their game. So it's it makes it, yeah. it, makes it even harder watched, for them. Uh, I watched the Stormers play last weekend against Exeter and I thought that Exeter were really good. But I also thought that uh, Stormers showed a lot of weaknesses in their game that Munster could definitely exploit. And I think Exeter and Munster play kind of similar. What kind of, we- what of-, kind of weaknesses, uh, Niamh? So I think they the Exeter went to air, went found ground a lot in terms of the kick, and um, yeah. it was actually really good in terms of their kicking that, game. Yeah, Will Willem says unbelievable in broken fields. He's like incredibly good player, ridiculously good feet. But when you turn him, he actually looks really, really uncomfortable. So there's loads of times. I think uh, Joe Simmons explored that really good ten for um, for the for the Chiefs. That's again in terms of the ability to turn him. And then all of a sudden, the line chase is really good. I thought their breakdown work was poor. Uh, Exeter got in for a lot of turnovers. But when Exeter looked to move the ball to wits, Stormers really struggled in terms of generating that line speed. And I thought that, you know, Munster play like that. They play to wit a lot. They like to get into those those channels. Um, and, yeah, I just think, I also think for Munster too, to be fair, they've been quite potent in relation to that power zone in rounds, that scoring zone. And I just think that... Um, extra were similar last weekend so I do think if you're looking back at that game last weekend I know it's difficult in terms of um, it was a way game and all that kind of stuff but they definitely showed like chinks of our, chinks of weaknesses in terms of how to go about their game and I do think that Munster can exploit that Okay well I'm sure that coaches have looked at that stuff and um, Dion Faree um, who's incredible at the breakdown wasn't playing that game against Exeter and, yeah. and I think he was a big loss to him I'm not sure if he's going to be back for the weekend, but uh, uh, that'd be a boost for Munster if he wasn't playing because he's probably one of the best in the world at the breakdown, at turnovers, poaching the ball. He's phenomenal. Um, so that we'll have to wait and see. There's no Evan Roos from. He's been injured for a while. He's a brilliant player, the number eight as well, but they still have a quality side. So just before we go on and look at the Stormers side, let's let's just look at some of the detail that where Munster need to be better and the, the obvious one here from a lot of the fans tweeting um, and a lot of commentary after the last couple of weeks um, the last three games six tries conceded against the Scarlets five against Glasgow and seven against the Sharks a lot of different types of tries but when I looked back and at uh, these 18 tries conceded Neve, I see okay the mall tries are difficult at times um, but one of the things that kind of jump out, jumped out to me was uh, the physicality against Glasgow uh, and the Sharks was was very apparent. Um, the scrum and the breakdown. 
So there are kind of three areas that the physical stuff, I think, is, you know, sometimes you can't do anything about that physical size. But I mean, being physical, being physical, no matter what size. We, we spoke about that last week. Yeah, okay. yeah. And then the scrum and the, and the breakdown. So I think from a physical point of view, Munster just need an attitude around that and be really aggressive themselves continuously for 80 minutes. They've got to, no doubt about it. Um, yeah. The scrum is a worry and a concern. You're coming up against... Um, and again, depends what side they select. But uh, the side they had at the weekend, the front row was Stephen Kitsoff, South African international, Joseph Dweba, South African international, and Franz Malherba, arguably the best tight head in the world, scrummaging tight head. Um, so that's an incredible up against. They've got to try and find a way technically to be tighter and to at least win their own ball and get some sort of parity there because the Stormers will fancy their chances at the scrum. Um, and the breakdown, breakdown, a big issue against the Sharks in Glasgow and the second half against the Scarlets. So there's a lot of different scrums, tries that are conceded, but a lot of going through Monster. So not around yeah. Monster, going through Monster. How, in your opinion, as a coach, and having watched this as well, can Munster solve this problem? Is it more, as you said, with with the women you were talking about, is it the inside runners helping and supporting? Is it outside guys helping communication? Is it, because I've seen a lot of Munster players shooting out of the line, hoping and probably fancying themselves to make a man and ball tackle. How can they fix this problem of conceding 18 tries in, in three matches? Yeah, look, I think it's kind of similar for us too. We're kind of dealing with the same thing in terms of conceding a big number of tries, yards, missed tackles. Um, I think a lot... So the missed tackle thing is it's very difficult to account for individual mistakes when you're looking to prepare a team. So you've got to make sure that everybody's on. You've got to make sure that everybody's connected enough so that if somebody does miss tackle, the next person um, would jump in. Joe Smith told me before that... When he talks about defence, he always spoke about um, it's the ability to not to not you yourself, but it's the ability to make your teammate look better. And how do you do that? You do it by connection. You do it by communication. You do it by the ability to stay on the inside, to be able to, the ability to not go ahead of the ball on the outside. It's it's all those small little detail. And if you can get all that small little detail and co- and, and it's you're going up together that even though if somebody gets a handoff or a half a scrag, there's somebody else in there to to finish that off. And look, it's very difficult when you're... I, I find the times are getting a lot of big mismatches because they're getting huge big forwards running down back throats. And that's a really difficult thing to do because that's sheer power, sheer weight. Um, and so, yeah, look, I think they've got to make sure that if they, if they, if they do one thing this weekend, it's in relation to their line integrity. So that even when they come up together, they're actually coming together. There's nobody giving the license to jump out. There's nobody giving, uh, you know, and then in the work rate around us. So once the tackle's made, how many are we folding? How quickly can we fold? Can we, can we just say we're leaving the breakdown alone for, for now and, and get bodies into the line? It all depends. But I think for now, I think the line integrity is huge. You, t- you spoke about it yourself there in relation to jumping out of the line and um, and uh, trying to make these big man and ball tackles. I think, you know, the centre partnership that, that comes from them, they've got to be really disciplined in terms of their line integrity this weekend. Yeah, one of one of the things I think about all the tries and uh, the concession of a lot of the tries 
as I said, some of the ones from the malls are difficult, but they're on the back of probably breakdown penalties as well. Um, I think helping your defence, a massive part of that is the breakdown. And I don't think Munster are getting enough poaches in a game. They're not getting enough turnovers. Obviously, Peter O'Mahony is very strong at it. Um, but if you count the number of turnovers that the rest of the team are getting, they're very minimal. Um, John Hodnett is good at the breakdown. So I think for them this week, um, there has to be a big emphasis on how do we slow down the opposition ball um, and then identify whether you know whether the, the, the breakdown is quick or not or is it worth challenging it. But I think they need to be so much better. It's hard to kind of get that skill right and change it in round 17 of the URC and you're coming towards the end of the season. But I think they need to really... Um, Try and go after the the the, the breakdown of, of of the stormers and slow their ball down a little bit because obviously if the ball is slower you can get numbers around the corner you can get that integrity as you're talking about and a lot of what we saw in the last a lot while to, a lot of that to do those as well in relation to the tackle then so it all kind of comes back to that okay so you you're back to you're back to individual them. tackles one on ones that people are yeah, falling so off you can make, and, yeah, and I think I think if you just if if the second half against Scarlets, um, keep hold your point. It's second half against Scarlets, a lot of quick breakdown and fall, and and going through going through Munster. The the Glasgow match, uh, quick breakdown and then falling off tackles, and then the Scar the the Sharks game was I think just throwing crazy passes and and turning the ball over really killed them. So sorry for for interrupting you there. No, no, think- you're you're dead right. But I'm just saying like if. If you're talking about the breakdown, in order to make the breakdown slow, the tackle has to be a dominant first tackle. Up or tackle yeah. First up tackle, if, yeah. If you're soaking stuff, we can never slow that down because we're always on the back foot. So it's the ability then. So how do you do that? So it's like just one vicious circle. How do you do that? You get line speed. You get line integrity. You get off the line. You make a big hit or a dominant hit or a neutral hit that stops them dead. Can look for a poacher, slow the ball down. We don't get it. We still have time to fall around. The issue is that when we get passive and we don't have big line speed, and we're soaking tackles, then the opposition are in the front foot. Yeah, well, that's that's a challenge for this <laughs> week. Hopefully they can uh, they can get that part of their game right. Um, let's just have a look at the, before we go on to the Stormers squad, uh, let's have a look at this, the Munster travelling squad. So I'm not going to call everyone out. There's no Niall Scannell, there's no Roman Salanoa. Um Niall Scannell's wife had a baby and Roman Salanoa has an injury. Um, so Danny Sheehan um, from the under-20s has been called up. So the three hookers are Dermot Barnes, Scott Buckley and Danny Sheehan. Um, and the areas that a lot of the fans are talking about is that front row. Jeremy Lockman is back, which is a big boost. I think uh, it's brilliant to have him back. Um, your three tight heads that you have are Stephen Archer, Keenan Knox and Mark Donnelly. Um, are we going to be able to uh, stop this uh, this uh, this stormer scrum and get at least get parity and win our own ball? Yeah, look, I think they'll go with Archer for for that first game. I think they'll have to in terms of um, unless you, right? We don't know how uh, Knox has been training, but he hasn't played a huge amount of game time over the last period of time. So, um, yeah, I do think that Munster are. It's going to be a, a case of. Uh, trying to get the ball in now as quickly as possible to set up a platform for the attack because um, just from a, a weight and a, a sheer size point of view, 
um, Munster were always going to be up against it. And when you're losing the likes of Sal Noah, who's um, learning loads and, and getting better all the time, then, you know, we're, we're putting ourselves under a little bit of pressure in terms of our strength and depth. Yeah, they have some experience. Good opportunity. What a great opportunity for the likes of uh, Mike Donnelly and stuff like that to go over there and experience that. So, um, yeah, look, I, I do think... I do think that when you look at um, the, the the hooker position, you know, Jim Barnes playing well. I think Scott Buckley's got a huge amount of talent. And um, so, look, you know, you'd like to back them in, in that, especially when around the loose. And if we can keep it away from set piece, then, um, you know, they're two really good players. Yeah, so there's 18 forwards and 13 backs travelling the Munster squad yesterday. Um, the team and squad will be announced Friday. Keith Earls, Jeremy Lockman, um, we mentioned Jeremy Lockman. Keith Earls having him back is a boost. Um, his leadership experience in there, Mark Donnelly, Edwin Adogbo, and Jack Oliver have also been included. So, um, like it's, it's great. Like I don't think we can understate how important it is to have Keith Earls back there. I think. Yeah, it is brilliant. And, his and defensive work, his ability in the the back three defensive work is is really really good. So, um, yeah, look, I think that's really really exciting. I think it's, and he's, he needs game time. He needs to start pushing now to get back into the. That that Irish squad in terms of the World Cup, and um, he's ridiculously talented. We all know that, but he's also really versatile. And um, his knowledge of the game, his knowledge of his defensive work, his work rate off the ball is exemplary. And I just think that loads of those young guys up. We know that Shane Daly, Calvin Ash are having huge big seasons and really big breakout seasons. But having somebody like um, Keith Earls there is going to be huge for them and their development over there as well. Okay, let's um, let's just have a look at. The table again, just a bit of a recap of where Munster are at, what they need, uh, and we'll just f- finish on a quick look at the, scar- at the Stormer squad. So Munster are fifth on 48 points. The danger here, Neve, is if they don't at least get a win, I don't think two losing bonus points. It might do it. Um, a losing bonus point or two may, may keep them in the top eight. The problem, um, as we said, is uh, Cardiff are possibly winning the the Welsh Shield and unlikely to make the top eight. Um, if they finish ninth or tenth, they're going to be in, in Europe next year, which I think would be a massive blow to Munster. Um, the Sharks are in eight. The Bulls, I think they have two home games. You'd fancy to win them to win them. Um, Connacht have Cardiff at home and then they're away to Glasgow. <clears throat> you think they'll win against Connacht, they'll win against Cardiff, it'll be tough against Glasgow. So, uh, potentially, there's so much to play for here and I think it's it's stating the obvious that the damage kind of was done at the start of the season, losing five of the first seven games. But let's see what happens. Um, just to have a look at the Stormer squad and the way they've played this year, I think they've been brilliant. Obviously, they're the champions. Uh, the team that played against the Exeter at the weekend and I think um, the danger here is that anyone gets lulled into a false sense of what the Sharks did over in Scarlets a few weeks ago and then played Munster a week after. So they were really poor in Wales in the travel, beaten by the Scarlets, a very good performance from Scarlets, and then walloped Munster. You could say it's a similar situation here. The Stormers were really poor in Exeter, well beaten, and now they go back home. So I don't think they've been a very good side this year um, they lost three games drawn two um, I think they'll be frustrated with some of them they lost in round five to Cardiff round 11 to Glasgow and around 12 to Ulster so that trip 
just after Christmas there, the end of January, Glasgow and Ulster, um, they'll be disappointed with with those two losses. Yeah. And the draw a couple of weeks ago um, with Leinster, I thought they were going to run away with that. And Leinster came back and it was a brilliant, brilliant game. Um, some of the players they have, Damien Willems, so you mentioned him, um, a brilliant player. Manny Libok is out half. Sanatla on the wing, incredibly powerful. Herschel Yankees, Kitsov, Dweba, Malherba, uh, Marvin Ori, another international. Um, Evan Roos has been out for a while. I love him as a player. So there's a lot of really good players yeah. in there. Um, we're not going to spend long more on this because um, we've kind of highlighted the points we wanted. Uh, in, 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 in essence, Munster have got to find a real um, energy about them at the weekend. It's going to be 10 degrees probably cooler it's an evening match it's on Cape Town um, so we won't be looking at heat as an issue this time or, or altitude. there's no altitude or, or the kind of humidity situation that they look like they really struggle with the last day um, can they beat this Stormer side would you be confident or are you feeling confident about it um, I'm not really it's not It's not really confident I, they, in fact they can because I think that um, they have shown in terms of their attack game how how good they can be in terms of moving the ball and moving at a pace. Um, from a defensive point of view, I would worry, and uh, and from a set piece point of view too. But in terms of that sheer physical power, it's very difficult to contend with. Um, but yeah, look, we'll, you know, I do think that they can they can definitely win. It's just. I don't know. It's it's a big ask. It's a it's a big ask, and I hope that they um, go and prove me wrong. Okay. Well, we will wait and see. It's uh, a pivotal kind of. Um, I think this is the one. This is the one that they they possibly have the best chance in. The Sharks the week after is going to be incredibly hard again. Uh, but who knows? I think what we've seen the last few months um, and that period from November to. Um, the end of March I think there was a lot of positive really brilliant performances in there uh, for Munster and just um, we've seen a little bit of fatigue a bit of mental fatigue physical fatigue uh, hopefully they're re-energised and um, they get they get their heads around this and find the performances that potentially can can you know put them in a great position and put them I think if they got into the quarterfinals and you know you qualified for Europe um it'd be a massive boost to them. I think they'd be very, very, actually very, very dangerous in the knockout stages if they got in there. But yeah, we'll have I agree. to wait. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I think um, just one other bit of news, Dan Goggin is, is finished his time with Munster. That was announced from last week. And uh, obviously we'll hear a little bit more about, you know, what, what, um, what's going to happen uh, later in the week. And and if there's any other players coming in, loads of fans looking for front row replacements, but uh, that kind of money and finances doesn't grow on trees. And uh, so anyway, I'm off on my travels to South Africa uh, for these two games. Are you going so, with your mom? Yeah, so the podcast will be next. Uh, the podcast next week will be from, uh, from South Africa. And uh, so I'll be up close and personal to have a look at what's going on. Um, Fingers crossed it's a positive trip because, look, I feel sorry for this group of players in some ways. I think, um, I just think they've, they're working their socks off. We've seen a total, I don't, we've seen a total change. I don't feel a bit sorry for them in terms of, 
where where they are. I think that they're they are improved immeasurably from where they were this time last year. No, I that's what I mean. That, that's so my much point. good. Yeah, I, I, I just don't I, even I, feel I, sorry for them. I need to just go and. No, take I just feel sorry for for um, you know the 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 situation they find themselves in. I think they've been. They didn't have enough time. I think we've seen huge amount of change around the coaching and I think they'll benefit from that going forward. And again, they've got to learn. But I just think that um, they have a lot to fix in their game and I think they didn't have the time to do that this year. And uh, if, the, if they miss out on, it on, on, on Europe and on the playoffs, it'd be really disappointing. But as I said, it was uh, it was a difficult start to the season for them. So hopefully they can... Uh, um, you know, play play really well in at least one game, win win one game at the weekend. Um, okay, that's episode sixty six done. Thanks again, Neve, and uh, best of luck to you at the weekend and your travel Italy. And uh, okay. fingers crossed, we'll be talking about two positive results next week. Please God, thanks, Quinny. Don't forget the holy water. I won't.